Hey everyone, it's Kevin O'Connor. AKA Kevin O'Bomber. AKA Kevin O'Concert. Kevin! Wait a minute, you're not Chris Vernon. No, Kevin. Sadly, I'm not as cherubic or as raspy as Verno, but it is I, Jay Kyle Man. And folks, basketball has been and continues to be so very good. That's exactly why Kyle and I are hosting a brand new basketball show on a brand new podcast feed, The Ringer's NBA Draft Show. We're going to have you covered every week as we go in-depth and deep dive in hopes of answering an ever-important question in the NBA. Who's got next? Whether it's an international phenom like Victor Wimbanyama or the G League Scoot Henderson or stars from Overtime Elite like Eamon Thompson, as well as a full-blown swarm of talented prospects from the promising 2023 NBA draft class. For sure, Kyle. And we're also going to get into players from the college ranks because this is a loaded class for us to discuss prospects rising and falling. And we're going to revisit and redraft recent draft classes and get into how the league's evolution could help inform what's valuable in a prospect of the future. This is a podcast for a fan of every team, whether you're losing and have high draft lottery odds or you're looking for sleepers later in the draft. We're going to be covering everything in the months to come, so please make sure you follow and subscribe to the Ringer NBA Draft Show. And hit us with those five-star ratings. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+. plus. 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. There he is. Natalie clad in his finest NBC Sports Chicago hoodie. You know, I've worked for that organization for four years, don't have a stitch of fucking clothing. Not a Did stitch. Did you ask? Huh? Did, did you ask? You'll have to ask. Jesse, I didn't want to say it. Jesse, I didn't want to say it. 
I didn't want to say I didn't nah, want to say it. Jay. I'm the same boat as you. you know like, nah, nah, I don't got to ask her if I work I, for you. I, I, hey, I feel like, here's a shirt. Here's a sweater. Nah, Not bro. only do I work for you, you know, I, I feel they like... signed you to a contract. I'm saying. Is it in is it in your contract for free merch? No, it isn't. Shit, they didn't want to give me a... Uh, uh, a wardrobe uh, budget. <laughs> but we're not going to delve into the contract details. I was going to I'm going to save the contract details to like episode like 345 when I'm disgruntled, you know, a year and a half from now, something like that. All right. What is this? Uh, episode 173? 173. Pending Are you by sure, double checking that. <laughs> Look at the, Jesse just hit me with the question mark at the end of the question that I was asking the question to. That's how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. The crack stab. See, we get we take one pod off, and then we got to get oh, back yep. in our rhythm. That's, what, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. One seventy three. Yep, one seventy three. Bang! There it is. Right. Episode one seventy three of the Full Go Podcast, brought to you by the Ringer, and of course, Spotify is the gang. You know, I had a lot of people questioning Tony and Jesse. They're like, "Hey, man, you know, I, I listen to the pod." And, you know, I really dig it. I, I like where you're going with it. I like the people that you talk to. I like the vibe, you know. But is Spotify not the gang anymore? Did Like, was there a fallout with the gang? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I just, I'm a bad host. And, and I forget what my intro used to be, should be. Repetition has never been important to me. You feel me? Like, that's the reason why I don't shoot. In, in all my years in my career of open gym and 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 rec league games and all those things and yeah i I can never replicate my shooting motion so i just don't shoot so yeah spotify is still the game i just got to continue to replicate my shooting motion here at the beginning of the show uh shout out to you if this is the first time that you've jumped into this pod we appreciate you uh, apparently picking up new listeners as the days go by. I love when I run into people like, man, I stumbled upon your part. First of all, it's always, hey, big fan. <laughs> they, they lead with big fan. And then they go, man, I stumbled upon your pod like a week ago. I'm like, all right, well, one thing can't line up with the other, but welcome. I appreciate you. Come on in. And then they see that we got 172 of these joints before this and they enjoy themselves. I uh, want to ask you two gentlemen something before we get right into it with this Bears-Lions game on uh, on Sunday. You know, the uh, the battle at St. Brown, as I'd like to call it. By the way, I think we have the title for the pod right then and there. Um, Jesse Lopez, Tony Gill, would you pay for a blue check going forward on Twitter? Mm, absolutely not. Okay, see, I think that the common refrain has become absolutely not, and I want to get into the thinking as to why not. So, Tony, we'll start with you. Jesse, we'll get to you. I mean, I don't think I'm important enough. Like, I was uh, shocked out when I got it anyway. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm not... My opinions on that platform doesn't matter as much as other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. You know, more important people that need to make sure that we have vetted and verified. Um, yeah, I, I just don't... I, I mean, I might be off Twitter anyway. So, you know, Ooh. it's not as important to me as as other folks. Tony's going counterculture on us here. He's going to jump off Twitter altogether, even though Twitter, when we drop this pod tomorrow, uh, might not exist. So, <laughs> who, who knows, right? Jesse, would you pay for a blue check mark if you were verified already? No. I'm not verified. I 
don't really care about that either. So what I'm enjoying the most is watching Twitter burn and I'm just kicking back with like my popcorn and just seeing seeing it all go to hell and all go batshit crazy. Well, Twitter burned probably about I'd say six, seven years. The Amber's ago. are still going. It's, yeah, it's yeah, still fun is, to watch. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is just this is that 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 uh, establishment or you know business or storefront in the neighborhood that you know at some point somebody gonna throw a garbage can through that window. It's like you see people move into that same storefront. Like, hey man, y'all only gonna be there for about a year and a half, two years. It's right across the street from the murder gas station, and and down the street over there is you know the Warren factions. You just y'all y'all in trouble. Like Twitter has been in trouble for a very very long time, uh, and now Elon Musk is out here firing people on a daily basis. Uh, he is, he's like the stable Kanye out here. Like he is going to work in a way that nobody understands, but he, but he only understands it and everybody else is calling it batshit crazy on the outside. Let me tell y'all this. Let me tell y'all this. I pay, and by the way, this is not an ad for them, but I downloaded an app called Rocket Money because I've listened to another pod, uh, and they, uh, were, uh, endorsing it. And, I'm like, all right, let me, let me, let me download this app and see what it does for me. And what it did for me, y'all, was put in sequential order all the shit that I am paying for that I am not even aware that I'm paying for. Y'all remember when COVID first hit? Guess who went out and got a Zoom uh, subscription? Because I was like, hey, I'm going to be on Zooms all the time. I'm going to have to start some Zooms. You know, who knows if you go. Remember when so, it first so, so, so you got Zoom, but didn't buy the stock in the Zoom. Nah, 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 I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Thank you, Tony, for, for putting my failures right here in the first block of the of the pod. You didn't even actually you set up. You just like yeah. no, nah, yeah. You know, if I wasn't the man that I am, I would I would stop right now and, and go shed a tear or two for all the wages that I lost that Tony would love to point out in this moment. You see how he came back around? A once management, always management. And he hasn't become management yet, but he came on here with his NBC Sports Chicago polo. He heard me make the little quip about being disgruntled in a year and a half, two years. So he's like, so what you're saying to me is you made a, 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 a very um, foolish financial decision and are continuing to make one and you didn't make the smart one from the jump. No, I didn't invest in Zoom. But I thought that we were going to have to be on Zooms all the damn time, right? I thought that was the case. And on top of it, we were jumping into Zooms where it was like cutting off after 30 minutes. And I'm like, get this broke shit out of here. Like $20 a month, I can have Zooms that go for two, three hours. I was jumping on the Zooms during the pandemic with guys like Clinton Yates and a whole bunch of black baseball legends. You feel me? Like I'm in, I'm in a Zoom with Dimitri Young and Latroy Hawkins talking baseball, right? I'm like, this is why I'm paying the 20 bucks right damn here. You feel me? The privileges of membership. And two and a half years later, <laughs> once a month, money comes out of my account. And I'm like, oh, man. So shout out to this app for telling me, oh, this is coming up. And then I'm looking at all the other things that I pay for that I don't think about, right, that I don't use. Like, I remember when the headphone craze started and people were like, oh, you know, Beats by Dre, it's just a fashion, you know, phase and trend. And they they weren't even the best headphones sonically that you can get. But I'm like, but if you listen to a lot of music and that's what you want to roll with, you 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 make 
cents out of spending $200 plus on a pair of headphones, right? Like Sony studio monitors were all I've been in since I was 19, 20 years old. So I, you, I would pay extra for those kinds of headphones. When the Twitter thing comes into play now, guys, is the voice that people think they have and the exposure that people think they have, it is dominated all by algorithms. Let's keep it funky. You know, whether it be podcast downloads or where your podcast pops up when it comes to sequential order, you want to be, you know, I, I want Bill Simmons' podcast to finish up and you hear the credits and then all of a sudden mine switches on because I catch that traffic, right? The wave that we have, one, psychologically been under when it comes to a sporting community, because let's face it, for all the people who don't go to sports bars out there, for all the people who don't um, have, you know, memberships at social clubs and, and places you can go to sit down and talk to people who are like-minded, Twitter has become the biggest sports bar on the internet. Twitter has become the biggest barbershop on the internet. Twitter has become the biggest salon on the internet. It's become the biggest town hall on the internet. And now that it's going to shit, now that everybody's running around out here with their hair caught on fire, the, the part that I feel is going to be very, very interesting is once a lot of people start to say, you know what, I'm moving away from this thing, where's the true value? Like the exposure that a lot of our pieces and a lot of our work and content that we think get, it doesn't get as much as we think is getting. When you look at like real analytics and not the ones that you just are getting from Twitter. I, I've talked, I mean, God rest his soul. I talked to Jeff Dickerson about this years ago about like how many clicks do you, can you fairly attribute to Twitter when you throw something out there on your feed? And, it, you know, we, we had those kinds of conversations. And it's crazy now that I'm thinking about it like JD is the first person who I think of because that's the conversation we were having years ago. So for all the people out there who are getting ready to pay the money, I don't begrudge you. Mind you, I'm still paying for Zoom. Okay, so I understand that maybe you got $8 to spare out there. But I, I, I find the landscape, it's very, very interesting what's getting ready to happen in sports because how much of our news do we see the little bird in the corner of the the graphic or the Chiron or whatever the case may be. And we see this person tweeted out this. Hell, think about the, what we're in right now with this Kyrie Irving situation, guys. If there was no Twitter, how would he be able to disseminate this information? Right? You going on Facebook to do it? Okay, that's, that's a different form of Twitter, different social media apparatus. So when we talk to people, I'm like, oh man, you ain't paying that $8, are you? Oh, you ain't, guess what? We pay a lot more for things that give us less entertainment and less interest. Now, the verification part, obviously, that's different than entry. If they have to start making people pay for Twitter entry, now we're talking. Now we're starting. Because ain't nobody paying for no, well, there will be people who pay for it because you're stuck in status, right? I mean, we watch sports. We're a part of this, the culture. We, you know, we, we think about things that, that give us pleasure and and the things that we need versus the things that we want, right? Twitter has become a want, and it's become a big want. And in certain instances, it's become a need. I remember when Derrick Rose got hurt and what that did to this city in terms of the media base that was covering pre-Instagram, pre-Twitter, pre-social media, and what they had to do. I remember talking to Casey Johnson about this, like having to cover... Instagram stories or having to cover Instagram rumors or a picture being put up by a plate. Like, it changed the landscape. 
So it's easy for us to, to get in our bags and be like, oh, screw Twitter, screw social media. I can't wait to get up. Hell, I have no reason to still be on Facebook. I don't look at the pictures very often, right? All the stories do is remind me of times where I probably either was happier or was really sad. So I don't want to see some of those stories. You feel me? Like, I don't go on Facebook, but also I know that that's where most of the users are. And that's where most of the traffic is going to be. And if I share my stuff there, then hopefully people who haven't seen it will just click on a link and say, all right, let me check this out. So the exposure on top of what the community has um, morphed into, on top of what the news gathering sources have morphed into, yeah. If Casey Johnson don't have that blue check and it's a bunch of him running around, at some point, you're going to get squeezed into thinking that, hey, I got $8 to spare. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. And I can't wait to see what these media companies are going to ask. Because there's a lot of people running around with verification badges who, who people think aren't uh, seminal to the dissemination of content, right? The behind-the-scenes people or a writer who may have 3,000 followers but you know is a hell of a writer and puts out great content for you as opposed to a dude who has 175,000 followers who tweets out good morning like my dumb ass does every once in a while, although I ain't got 175. If I had 175, this would be a, a totally different situation. I'd probably have some NBC Sports Chicago apparel if I had 175,000 followers. But you dig it? You understand where I'm coming from? Like, the, the people who say they aren't paying for it, like myself, we're, we're saying that now because that's the first response. But when things start to change and we still have to cover things that are coming out of this, this portal and you have to trust certain things, oh, yeah. We're paying a lot more for a lot less in many other places. And for me, it's Zoom. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Bulls Talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. How you doing, man? I'm good, bro. How are you, man? I can't complain. I saw the picture of you and, and the family at the uh, at the game. Uh, I got a chance to see the Bulls take on those those very interesting New Orleans Pelicans, man. Um, yeah. That, that was a... Uh, a tough loss execution-wise down the stretch, and we can get into it. But right now, as, as a Bulls fan, you know, Chicago through and through, West Side's finest, Cam Smith. Also, by the way, you know, he can, he can claim this a lot more than I can because I was, I was one of the, the infamous one and dunners at Southern Illinois University. That, one of the kids that they talk about sophomore year, like, yeah, boy, that freshman year got his ass too. So shout out to, shout out to the Salukis for beating the Oklahoma State Cowboys tonight too, by the way. Yeah, yes, I just sir, saw that man. on the ticker. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and you, you being a Saluki, you know, I, I had to show love and respect on that level. 
I appreciate that, bro. Uh, very sweet night tonight because uh, we need a little revenge back from that loss we had against Oklahoma State in 2005 where they cheated our ass um, in that matchup. So, you Uh-oh. know, it's, 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 it's Thursday night and, you know, uh-huh. you know the uh, statute of limitations is now done. Yeah. And I'm a, 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 a very happy and proud alumni of SIU, <laughs> but... They got they they did us dirty in uh in Oklahoma City. So you know how the NCAA tournament works, right? You know, you have these neutral sites that they mm-hmm. set up for these matchups. But with the bigger seeds and teams from bigger conferences, they try and get those teams closer to wherever their school or their campus is. So Oklahoma State in Oklahoma City, what do you think the crowd looked like in that stadium? It was orange everywhere, man. So right. right. Their home game. But we still hung with them and just came up a little short. So tonight's win was big, especially to do an eighth day crib. And knock them out. So my dogs are playing some good basketball early. Ladies and gentlemen, if you thought at any point that you were going to tune into this pod and hear uh, Southern Illinois basketball breakdown 17 <laughs> years later, then Circle gets the goddamn square because I didn't think that was going to happen tonight. But I, that's why that's that's one of the reasons why Cam Smith is the man and joining us here. Um, I go to you on a lot of basketball things. I enjoy talking basketball with you. Uh, where the Bulls are right now. I, I'm in this weird space of the expectations that were laid out by the franchise, by the coaching mm-hmm. staff, and by these players alike about if guys aren't there, the style of play being more important than anything in terms of not having excuses for injuries. Uh, right now, it's weird because the first 12 games of the season, the defense isn't really the issue right now. It's the offense and some of the things that, you know, if you could see bubbling up at the end of last year and their reliance uh, on tough shot making and stagnation and, and you know, not having a true point guard type of offense uh, and, and having your best playmakers be your ball handlers and your your elite scores sometimes feeds into guys standing around and watching sometimes, and they were extremely extremely successful with how they you know, well with how De- Demar Derozan executed last year. This year has been a little funky. It's been a mm-hmm. little odd, and of course the the games that Zach has missed in back to backs not going to happen for another thirty days now because the schedule kind of eases up. But what are you seeing? right now from the Bulls' offense, something that I didn't think we would be talking about right now. No, exactly. And this guy's being in different positions um, out there on the court, right? And we can't really just not even talk about Lonzo Ball not being available for this team because it's just his impact at the point guard position just to have that offense flow since we're talking offense, just to push tempo, just little things like passing the ball ahead or knowing the right time how to set up DeMar or Zach or whoever it is. Uh, within that offense to get themselves going. And you got to remember that, you know, the, the kid is a knockdown shooter. Like, he has really improved his jump shot um, in his time in the NBA. So um, just those aspects are one of the big reasons why we've seen, like, stagnated offense for this Bulls team. But with this roster that we have right now, it's difficult because, honestly, as much as I love Io and uh, I've covered him um, in high school and he's always been a dog and knowing his parents and his family who are really great people, He's never been that true natural point guard. He's more of a scoring and attack and get your defense ignited that way. But in terms of running an offense, that's not predicated and tailored to his game, which is not a knock. It's more so that's just not Iowa's fit, right? But still, what he was able to show in training camp and obviously um, impressed Billy Donovan and the coaching staff for them to trust him to be 
the starting point guard for that unit. That says that speaks volumes on his game and really how he's improved from his rookie year. Now you got to Max think about how he flows within Demar, within Zach, within Booch, right? I mean, all those pieces there where you don't want to have a situation where, like you mentioned, if Demar gets the ball and it's kind of like okay, one guy dribbling the ball, four other guys watching. What else are we doing on offense? As great as Demar is, and Hell, if I was on the court too, I would be stuck watching Demar too because the dude's just that nice with it. You know what I'm saying? With his footwork, obviously back to the basket game, how he's able to draw fouls and make tough shots. But within that, you still have to be able to have some kind of continuity within other guys on that offense. So as much as we can re- try to rely on Demar or Zach or even both of those guys having big nights, there are going to be those nights where they're not going to have it. And we've seen a few of those nights so far this season. And even last night's last night's game um, against the Pelicans, they had some slow starts to it, right? I mean, they eventually picked it up in the second half, but it's like, who's the third guy that's going to step up? You expect it to be Booch. He has been better offensively. I will give Booch that, but it's still the inconsistencies that we've seen within this game when the team when the team has those situations where they need a basket and Demar isn't really flowing or Zach isn't flowing. So um, it's still early. I'll, I'll give them that, right? I mean, we're super early into the season. But you can't use that as a crutch for so long, right? Because you know how the NBA moves. It's another game after another game after another game. And you mm-hmm. look up, you're about 30 or 40 games in, and you get ready to hit the all-star break. So they have to try and figure some things out quickly because you don't want to continue on the slide where you get a win here or maybe get a two-game two, two, two win streak, and then you drop your next two or drop your next three. So it's got to be some balance in this thing, and especially it's going to have to come offensively because – to your point with defensively, they have been there and they've been really doing a better job of that this year. So uh, if they can try and get some some rhythm, some flow, and not just be watchers and be movers and sharers, then we're talking about a different thing. So I want to get your thoughts on big men shooting threes because this has been a, a point of contention on our set uh, with me and Will and, and, and Kendall. And Kendall has brought it up a lot about Nikola Vucevic and where he should be and his size. And, and I contend, and, and listen, I, you know, I agree for the most part about where he should be, but I also look at how this roster is constructed and what he is asked to do and also where he gets his points as opposed to where some of the better players on this team get their points. And I'm talking about Zach Levine and more importantly, DeMar DeRozan in this instance. The Bulls are 20 and 22 when Vooch shoots five or more threes. They're 26 and 17 when he shoots four or less, right? So he shoots four and a half a game. So they're right there on the cusp of, is he shooting too much? Is he shooting too little? And I always contend that he gets his shots. For me, he's not good enough inside the three-point arc for me. Yeah, like there's, there's, you know, I'd like to see him move with a lot more force. Um, you know, he goes jump hook when I think he should put his shoulder down and run through people sometimes. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there are instances where I think Vooch um, doesn't play as big as he is. And, and when he does, it's, it's glaring the difference in this offense. But there's also the fact that Kobe White and Zach Levine, you know, two guys who can shoot it from deep, and then you start to look around, where's your shooting? So it, the, there's, a, there's a necessity for him in the offense out there on the arc. How, when you see Vooch 
and how he can best complement this team. Where is it going to be found? And also the fact that you know, he gets a lot of his points on the elbows and, and in the post, and that's where DeMar DeRozan is at times. So who are you asking to defer in that instance? Uh, how do you see the, the, best, the best laid plan for Nikola Vucevic in this offense? Well, first things first, Vooch is definitely deferring to DeMar because I don't care what the hell and how the hell right. Vooch feels like DeMar, right. those are DeMar's spots. So that's all I'm you saying. Gotta, you got you to find some other area of the floor if that's the three or if that's down the block, which it should be. Um, and that's kind of like the traditionalist basketball way of thinking with Vooch's size and, you know, what he can do in today's NBA and just how really guys aren't really true physical big men in that area. I mean, you can – Count them on one hand, on one hand, really, of big men that 6'11, over 6'11, seven footers that are just physical down there in the paint. We're talking maybe Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert, guys like that, right? I mean, even Man Out of Bio, in some instances, can fall into that category depending on what his matchup is, because you know, Bam is, has a tendency to hide uh, with some certain situations. Mm-hmm. But getting back to, but getting back to Vooch, the, the one glaring thing that I've seen from him, especially this year, and even going back to media day and, and, and golf, you were there. It was, it was Vooch when he gave his press conference. He was asked about, you know, um, him shooting threes last year. And he basically said, and not to fully quote him there, but just kind of like putting it together. He was saying that, um, that he feels that that's the better part of his game. And he's a better three point shooter than what he showed last year, which is all fine and dandy, but cool. But it feels like he's trying to make it a point this year to prove that he can knock down threes. Um, there's been situations where he's hit up, hit big shots even last night against the Pelicans in the second half in that fourth quarter. He made some big shots to keep the Bulls within that, um, within that game from the perimeter. But still, you want a guy with that size and really that weight on his body and that power when he has those mismatches to take advantage of him. And one big example was in Brooklyn when they were playing against the Nets. Right. Kyrie had a horrible night offensively. He wasn't even there, like couldn't make anything. And Kevin Durant would hold down the net. So if you have Kevin Durant taking on the offensive responsibility and then guarding you, if you're Vucevic on the defensive end, you cannot get that basketball in the post, especially in the deep post, take one dribble and then kick the ball back out and try and reestablish yourself in the post. You have to lower your shoulder and stop going with the baby jump hook and use your elbows and kind of use a way to where you can shield off the rent, who is long, and let's let's call it what it is. He is seven feet, right? Um, and then you act, tack on some more inches with his length and his wingspan, but still power through his body and go get those points. I feel that Boosh in that game especially settled too much for just kicking the ball back out and saying, okay, well, I tried. That was my best. Now I'm just going to kick it back out to DeMar or Zach and have them step up and do some things, which is great trust. But at the same time, when you think about DeMar and Zach, they're looking at you like, bro, you got Kevin Durant on your back. Go score the basketball and make our jobs easier. So to fully answer your question, I would say that it has to be a better mix of what Booch brings offensively. Um, we know those opportunities in the second half uh, when it comes to shooting the basketball perimeter are going to come more because you have DeMar really working into his game. He's fully comfortable, and it's the same thing with Zach when they're working like that free throw line extended, that mid-range area, right? When the double comes and they're attacking, whether they're coming from weak side and Booch is on that opposite three for those kickouts for threes, I like that. But I want him to get established early inside of the paint because that will open up things even more. So 
Hell, I wouldn't mind if the Bulls, maybe the next game, first play, just dump it right in the boots and see what he's going to do, right? I mean, even when I was at Southern Illinois, we wanted to establish, uh, I guess, a certain opponent, just our physical strength and what the tone of the game would, would be. We would throw it into our big dude, Randall Falker, who was a 6'8", six, 6'9", six, <laughs> monster. Like, you know, just to, just to prove a point to that team that we were playing against, like, nah, bro, this is going to be a fight. Like, this is how we coming. So if right. you can do that, the Billy Donovan decides he wants to do that just to not only establish that tone, but then give Booch some, con- some confidence. Like, hey, we know that you can score the basketball. We want you to believe in yourself that you can do that in those situations. Instead of kicking the ball out, he would be better served. Because, again, we've seen it time and time again, especially in that fourth quarter. He's not going to get many of those opportunities deep in the post to really work that defender on his back and try and bag in and try and get those buckets, right? It's going to be DeMar. It's going to be Zach, especially in those late five to six minutes, especially late in the shot clock, getting those shots off. So um, it has to be more of an establishment early for Vooch if he wants to go post-up game and go on the block. But later on, I'm okay if he's if he has some kind of rhythm in the game to take those shots. Uh, late in the second half. What surprised you so far this NBA season, or I don't say surprise, but the thing that you kept your eye on around the league, outside of the Bulls? Utah, man. Like, I don't know what the hell's gotten into Utah. Who put the battery in their back? <laughs> what? Because them dudes are out there hooping, right? I mean, you think about all the moves that they made in the offseason. Rudy Gobert going to Minnesota, right? Donovan Mitchell going to Cleveland. They traded for Taylor Horton Tucker. Like you bring in Laurie Marketing from that trade from uh, with Donovan Mitchell. You got Colin Sexton on that team now. Like all of these guys came to training camp with a chip on their shoulders. And um, shout out to our guy Sean Chirani over on Inside the Association because he got um, Laurie Marketing on for exclusive one-on-one interview. And it was the belief that Laurie said that they had within each other in training camp. And really how his teammates were gassing him up. Like, no, dude, you can be an all-star this year. And you're seeing how that manifestation is playing out on the court. Like, Will Hardy's doing a phenomenal job with that team. First-year head coach was an assistant with the Celtics last year. He's got them boys hooping. So Utah is a team that she definitely should be looking out for. And also the Portland Trailblazers. Like, yeah. Dame is back, dog. And that's scary. I think a lot of people forgot who Dame was because he was dealing with some injuries over the past couple of years. And Portland really hasn't had anything, but how they're playing out there has been impressive. And, and it's Dame, it's Jeremy Grant, who the Portland yes. Trailblazers just beat tonight on the road with the Pelicans coming off that win last night against the Bulls. So Jeremy Grant has been a dude that's really, I'm not going to say waited his time, but he, he, he put himself in a position when you go back to his days in Denver where he wanted to be that starter and wanted to be one of the focal points of the offense, didn't get that opportunity, but then he did get that opportunity in Detroit when he was there. But now in Portland, he is a comfortable guy at that number two spot. So the Trailblazers and the Utah Jazz, man, those are definitely the two teams that I've been keeping my eye on in the Western Conference on. And really kind of the NBA, man. They've been impressive. I'm happy for Lowry Marketing. I know people who have listened to me over the last couple of years probably don't think that because of the way I've discussed Lowry. And it was always because of high expectations, right? Like I've always said, we don't talk about bumps. Like I don't have time to talk about anybody who I don't have expectations for. If you ain't playing well, that's because you're not supposed to be playing well because don't nobody expect you to play well. And with Lowry marketing for years, you know, I mean, we saw 
We saw what he did early on in his rookie year and, you know, coming into that second year, had some big games and all of a sudden all these talk because he's seven foot and he's a white dude. People started comparing him to Dirk Nowitzki and it's like, hold on, <laughs> slow down. Let's watch right. this shit unveil. And year after year, you weren't getting the questions answered that you needed to get right. answered before it was time to pay him. And I'm going to be honest with you, he just didn't look the Jim Boylan era. Lowry Marketing did not look happy playing Man. basketball. And the Utah stuff, all you're doing is seeing this dude screaming, dunking, enjoying himself, enjoying his teammates. And winning does that, but also it seems like a different spark has kind of been lit in him. One that wasn't even there in Cleveland, to be honest with you. Yeah, 100% on that, man. And I, I was super high on Laurie coming out of Arizona. I thought yeah. he was going to be, I thought he was going to be a solid pro when the Bulls drafted him because when and I he watched was. him, he wasn't bad. He, was. he definitely <laughs> was. He wasn't. He, but when I saw him in Arizona, one, he had no fear. Like he had no fear. And I know he was playing in, uh, I think it was still the Pac 10 at that time. Yeah. Um, when he was playing in that conference, he was going up against some dudes that can go get him and go after him. And he wasn't backing down, right? I mean, he was physical. He was shooting threes. He was all of those things. So it wasn't like it was some kind of made-up thing of him being drafted this high with the Bulls and all these expectations placed on him. But again, that Jim Boylan era was a damn horror movie, bro. And it was disgusting because what we saw from that was just a regression in the terms of how to play basketball. And again, in that interview with Laurie and Shams um, Sharania on our show, Inside the Association, you can check that out now. But it's a great interview because Laurie said the one thing that drove him out of Chicago was that he didn't have fun anymore. Oh, and okay. I believe that's, is. A, that's, a, that's a direct shot at Jim Boylan. That is a direct shot at that because he didn't understand, you know, what his role is, what his role was, excuse me, what the expectations were, where he was going. So it was so much confusion with that era of the Chicago Bulls with Jim Boylan as head coach that it forced a guy that we saw was had a very strong rookie year, had a big jump backwards to a guy that didn't even look like he knew how to play basketball. So again, to your point, like, look, we're going to call a spade a spade. If you trash, you trash. Like, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. It's not like we're trying to dog you on purpose, but nah. you know you can be do, do better, but you're not just showing it. So we're going to call a spade a spade, but I think we both agree that where Laurie is in Utah and what he's showing, he has a solid chance of being an all-star this year. And that's coming in the Western Conference, which ain't easy because you're talking about a lot of great forwards in that conference. Yeah, and also in this division, I'm, I've been enjoying watching as much uh, Detroit basketball as possible because of, you know, Jaden Ivey and, and Kay Cunningham. And very quietly, because I will raise my hand because I don't get a lot of these right. And damn it, when I do get one right, I hold on to it. <laughs> and in this division, Tyrese Halliburton, I don't know if anybody's watching, but when the Bulls got their pick and, and it was it was projected to be the sixth pick because of a record, yeah. jumped right. up, got the fourth pick. Patrick Williams was the pick. But when it was thought that they were going to get the sixth pick, I said, you put Tyrese Halliburton next to Zach Levine and you roll. And three years later, this man is averaging 22 points and nine assists a game. And I don't know if anybody's looking who his running mate is in Indiana, but man. Ben Matherin, Ben Matherin is coming to the league acting as if he don't give a shit what anybody is about. <laughs> like he hey. is out here putting points on people's heads. I'm not going to say Ben Matherin is full D-Wade, but he got some some residue of yes, some DNA of D-Wade within himself. Well, like you said, you don't care who call. the hell you are. You don't care what you done accomplished. Ben Matherin, like, I, don't, I don't give a shit. Like, you got to guard <laughs> me, bro. 
And when yeah. you try and guard me, you still gonna get this work. So that dude is real. And you know, Tyrese Halliburton is mad. And the 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 big knock on him, and you remember this, Jay, coming out of shot. Iowa State, was just a shot. Like it was yeah. a horseshoe shot. Yeah, it was yeah. A shot. Like that wouldn't be able to to work in the NBA. Where you look at that boy's numbers um, across the board, yeah, he's more than proved them down as wrong. So yeah, I, I'm right there with you about Hollenberg. Yeah, he can replicate it. That's all you gotta do is get it off, replicate it, yeah. and get it off. You'd be all right. Uh, tell the people since you already dropped a couple of times on my, you know, this is this is what they do, Tom. <laughs> this is what they do, Jess. They 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 come on your platform and all. And they, <laughs> hey, by the way, we we got exclusive interviews where I'm at. It. I don't know what you're doing over here with this rinky dink outfit that you got going on. But tell the people where they can find all your stuff, my man. Man, don't set me up like that, man. You know you the money, man. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, tell the people. your deals and, and yeah. coming with a new, a, a new suit, you know, hey, hey. every new show for full hey. free and post, baby. <laughs> hey, it's NFL uh, money. They can take this shit from oh, me man. any day they want. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just trying to touch the hem of your garment, man. That's nah, all I'm trying to do. <laughs> this, this is what brothers do. Ladies and gentlemen, nah. for all the uninitiated out of here, this is what brothers do because we can't tell each other that we're proud of each other and we love each other. We do shit like this to each other to make each other feel uncomfortable. This is him telling him that he loves me and he's happy for me. For all the uninitiated oh, out there. No, <laughs> man. Go man. Ahead, man. You know I love you, bro. Always yes, sir. Love yes, sir. Things. Yes, sir. You can find me, you can find me on uh, Stadium Man, uh, hosting a couple of shows there, live on the line, daily sports betting every single day. So we try and put some money into your pockets with some of these wages that we're looking at across sports. And now college basketball season is going on, so we'll definitely hold you down with that. But then also, as I mentioned, a little bit earlier in the conversation, inside the association, weekly with my man, Sean Sharania, always breaking exclusive news on Twitter. You got the interviews. We got one with Kyrie a couple of weeks ago that's been airing the past couple of weeks. So that's heavy in a number of different fronts, especially everything that's been going on with Kyrie in the news lately, um, mm-hmm. recently. And then also we're doing the show with our guy, Pat Garrity, man, 10-year NBA pro. And PG is just like, the dude is like Rain Man when it comes to like all these numbers and you know knowing his front office history, his time in the NBA. So yeah. it's a it's a it's a great triple threat, man. So catch me there Monday through Friday, even Sundays, especially with live on the line, man. And uh, check me out on Twitter too at Cameron Smith, the real Cameron Smith. All this all this stuff going on with Twitter, man. Make sure you check the verified <laughs> check the verified check and, and read my bio, man. Don't read nobody else. I'm the real Cameron Smith, and don't yeah. put no Ian Smith either. <laughs> no, nah, don't put no E in that. Damn right. Yeah, that $9 a month is coming, Elon. Don't worry. Yeah, it's, it's definitely coming, man. But no, nah, but Jay, happy belated, brother. Thank I, you, bro. I, I, I love that you're, you're glowing, man. You've been shining, doing your thing. So happy belated. I know you're enjoying everything. And keep doing what you're doing because you know I'm proud, proud of you. You know you got a 100% support in me. Love, man. I appreciate you, man. Get a baby a hug. Get a wife a hug. And I appreciate you jumping on with us, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Cam Smith right here on the Full Go Podcast. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians 
who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. Let's have a real fucking conversation right here, right now. Fuck the bears. So, gentlemen, (laughs) do you gentlemen share your location with your ladies? Yes. Only when applicable. <laughs> what? Oh, no, see, nah, Tony, hold on. <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, we'll get back to you. When is it applicable to, for you right. to let your lady know immediately where you are? Let me know this. Honey, I'm getting robbed. Like, this is where I'm at. No, at that, that point, it'd be too late and she wouldn't do anything about it. She, she'd be like, sorry, babe. All right. So, like I said, when applicable, there is times when it makes sense. So I, she bought um, concert tickets for her, her and her sister for her, her sister's birthday. Okay. And I did the favor of dropping them off because it was the Hollywood Bowl. And if you live in LA or know anything about the Hollywood Bowl, it is the worst fucking place to find parking. Okay. So I was, I was her chauffeur. And when I was picking them up, they were like walking away. So I was like, all right, I'm going to share my location. That way you can see uh, how close I am. And I, I don't have you. to like, try to text you or call you. So gotcha. stuff like that, I will share my location. But otherwise... <laughs> oh, no, I don't need it. She can call me if she needs me. Right, babe? Uh, if you need me, uh, you can just call me. Yeah, see? We're good. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh, this is, this is, hey, listen, every man runs his relationship differently out here. You know, I remember when I... Uh, I'll never forget on the air when I had a conversation about uh, uh, splitting the rent. And and I didn't know that this was a thing <laughs> that was that was happening out here in this in these streets. And I had that conversation on the air probably like five, six years ago. And it was just really enlightened at how different things are in terms of, you know, how you move out here. So, Tony, you share your, your location with mm-hmm. your, you know, your beautiful wife now of what, a month? Uh, yeah, almost a month. Ooh, wait. Month still looking good, boy. Skin, the skin look better, boy. The, oh, the yeah. beard is full, oh, you yeah. know, glistening. Yeah, I see you out here. You looking good, boy. I thought that was a filter you had on this bitch, but yeah. you look good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, how how did that conversation come about, my man? Um, actually, there wasn't even really a conversation. Ooh, y'all just looked at each other. I and just was like shared. Oh no, no, you shared it first. Yeah. Now, did it happen before or after I say I do? No, no, no. (laughs) Fuck that. How long did it take? Because it obviously happened before. How long did it take for you to share your location, Tony Gill? Don't you lie. Uh, I I, I waited until after. I waited until after. After the wedding? Yeah, but like when when things (sighs) came up, oh, yeah. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Jason looks so disappointed. Oh no, I'm disappointed in myself. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> Fam, I have been sharing my location for, for for pretty much the entirety of this relationship. And anytime there's there's an issue, you know, I you know, you can't hang up on anybody like you used to, right? Because the click don't really do what it what the loud phone banging used to do, right? So Anytime there's an issue, anytime there's, you know, I need to walk out and get some air. Oh, yeah, that location's going off and it's coming with me. I want <laughs> you to sit there and stew and think of all the bullshit that I could be doing when all I'm doing is I'm around the corner outside in the car crying because I don't want to go to nobody's house. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> if you look right outside the window, I'll be sitting right there in the car. <laughs> That's my location. But I want you to think that I'm driving around this city painting the town red, you know? That's that's my get back. Boy, am I petty and toxic. But hey, I keep it as 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 uh, real as I possibly can. Get back in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> petty White. <laughs> Richard Petty. You feel me? <laughs> petty Roosevelt. Kidding me? Oh, yeah? Because I know, I know it means a lot to her. I know the location means a lot. And I also know it's an electronic leash and I'm being monitored like a fucking child or a dog with a microchip. But you know, either way, it is what it is. So yeah, that's good to know. That is good to know. It's good to know that I've been I've been out here doing things that two men ten years my junior have not been forced to do. See what happens when you get old? Just say. You're not alone in this though, Jay. I do know (laughs) someone who uh who is uh, not even engaged, is just his girlfriend and actively has their uh, location on all the yeah. time. And also, let's not, let's not, you know, let's not bullshit here. There's reasons why <laughs> my, my location <laughs> should be on at all times. <laughs> I'm not that guy. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know. All right, next segment. <laughs> Bears talk with Jason Golf on the full goal. And the kick is good! For the win! Fade to black! Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. All right, so fresh off of all of the fun and fanfare that Justin Fields provided Bears fans last week, in a loss, by the way. Like, these things are happening in losses. And we're sitting here like, yes, it's finally happened. The Bears battle. have a quarterback. I know you hey lose lose your face off. Like do whatever you gotta do. That's the other thing too. We're gonna get into tanking and what it has done to us as fans. I think down the, you know, down the line here. Maybe in the bye week, we can we can get into what tanking has done and has it really made your experience more fun as a fan. And I think that'd be a decent conversation to have. But yeah, man, the Bears got themselves a a, a loss and development by the quarterback. And now you go into a game against the Lions like, oh, yeah, we should beat them. They, they, they beat the, the, the Packers, but the Packers got their own issues, right? 15 to 9 doesn't really tell you anybody was out there doing what they're supposed to be doing, and especially that damn defense that the Lions have, which is horrible, to say the least. But there's expectations. And this is, this is also the fun part of development and evaluation because how do you ride the wave? of expectations. And even in losses, the Bears' offense, which is center stage for everybody right now, we're going to talk about where the resources might be allocated here because as we tiptoe to the end of this season, I think we're going to find out that a lot of that cap money, a lot of those draft picks that everybody thought was going to bolster the offense and the quarterback position, you look at that front seven, 
You tell me which name is jumping out to you as someone that you can go forward with, right? We could play Josh. Right. Yeah, shout out to him getting into the window, right? I love saying that, you know, the window of return. <laughs> is there a door of no return? Well, I guess there is a door of no return. They showed Amir Smith-Marset, that motherfucker, did that, and, and Robert Quinn and Ro- Roquan Smith. <laughs> just, uh, just out here, just, hey, escorting people out to the parking lot with all they belongings. But yeah, there's expectations against this Detroit Lions squad this week. You're right. The battle at St. Brown is getting ready to happen. And Justin Fields coming off the NFC Player of the Week honors. And I've been hearing these grumblings, right? Hearing these grumblings of, well, you want to you make sure that you don't, you don't get caught up in the noise. You know, you, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't mess around and, and, and let the buzz get to you. And I am here to say, bump that. Kill that noise. I want Justin Fields to feel like the man. I want Justin Fields, you know why? And, and I'm going I'm to explain to you people out there who haven't attained or achieved any kind of incremental success in your life. You know what happens when you start to feel a certain way and start to live a little bit differently or start to see things in a different light because you're getting better at what you do? You think to yourself, man, I never want to go back to what it was before. And Justin Fields is thinking to himself, you know what? <clears throat> pre-New England Patriots, you know, game, pre-Washington Commanders game, don't really want to go back to that. And neither do we as Bears fans because, guess what? These losses have been entertaining as hell because of what that young man has been able to do. So, yes, revel in all of the success. Yes, walk around that building like you own that motherfucker because you do. You're the most important person in there. I am not this dude who is trying to humble his quarterback. And I definitely ain't the dude that's trying to humble the black quarterback in this city. So here, Justin Fields, if anybody can snip this or clip this and send it to him, Justin, walk around like you own that bitch. Walk around like you are the man. Walk around like a quarterback is supposed to. I'm not about this life of, well, you know, we got to, Got to get back to the pro- the process. Got him here because if y'all think the last three weeks are just him scrambling around and making plays with his legs, it ain't that. The man is getting a lot more confident at directing this offense while learning this offense, while learning how to go against NFL defenses, while also making his line better. I think that's something that's been underplayed as well, by the way, guys. Like the last two weeks, and I'll be the first one to raise my hand. Last two weeks, I got I got very little problem with the way that line has performed with what they have. They're starting Riley Reef at the, at, at the right tackle position in the last two games. He hasn't been bad, right? The reason why they traded for Alex Leatherwood, they, I hope at some point they, they put him out there at right tackle last few games of the season to see what they got. But Braxton Jones talked about him a lot in the first three games of the season. Doesn't need as much help over there at left tackle. I'm still a little iffy. I still would like for you to allocate you know more resources for your left tackle than a fifth-round pick. But the, the line has played better. You know why the line has played better? Because that kid has played better. And to depict it as him just running around, yeah, his 178 yards, regular season record uh, for a quarterback in rushing, to depict it as him just running around, that's not what it is. He's extending drives. He's making sure that he's, you know, staying ahead of the chains. He's actually throwing the football away a little bit more. So, yeah, man, revel in your successes, right? I... You don't even want to get me started on my philosophical thoughts of humility and what people do to control creatives or to control exceptional talents with the word humility, right? Like I, 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 being humble 
is a lot different than having some humility, right? Being humble means somebody brought you to your knees and a circumstance brought you to a point where you're damn near close to breaking. Humility to me is understanding your circumstance, but also not exceeding um, the the arrogance limits or the cockiness limits that you that that you have been placed under. Well, guess what? I want my quarterback to be that. What do we say about quarterbacks when we were kids? You want the dude who walks in the room and all the girls love him, all the dudes want to be him. Well, damn it, that's what Justin Fields should feel like right now. And he seems to me like a dude who understands why he's here and what got him here. I'm not talking about to the NFL. I'm talking about to this week where we are talking about the Bears having a quarterback. And this is now three weeks in a row that we've been having this conversation. So now we start to move the, the, the goalposts a little bit and say, all right, now we're talking about how good can he be, not do we have one. And that happened in the short span of a month or so. So I think he's aware of the work that he's put in. But yeah, enjoy this. And also go out there and play like you to do too. I, I, listen, I like a dude who plays with a certain amount of confidence because you know what? It puts a certain amount of pressure on you as well. When you move with a certain amount, if you quote unquote present well and you move with a certain amount of confidence inside, I don't care if you're churning, stewing, whatever you got going on, whatever's happening is kicking out that productivity. I want more of it. And he's going to learn how to regulate all the noise. It's going to happen. But I'll be damned if I'm going to be the one to tell Justin Fields, humble yourself and make sure you're under. Yeah, go out there and do the whole if we win, it's, it's we. If we lose, it's me. And what all the things that they tell a quarterback to be. but Keep playing with that swagger. Don't lose that edge. Because this is the other thing, too. Justin Fields didn't come into this as some scram- uh, some scrambler or quote-unquote, you know how they used to, running quarterback. Justin Fields, we thought was, hey, he can move around a little bit, but he can sling that thing as well. We saw it at Ohio State against top-flight defenses in college football playoff situations. So to me, this running thing and, and him getting so many yards on the ground this is just the, I think, the first step in the career arc. I don't think this is what his career is going to be, but I think this is what he has to rely upon right now to just feel successful and also to move this offense ahead. Now, what's going to have to happen now with these design runs that Luke Getzey has been calling and that he has been executing is now it's on tape. Nobody wants to have happen what happened last week against the Miami Dolphins. So now. You're going to have to start having those design run plays turn into play action plays, right? Having those design runs looking like you're, you know, you're going towards the line of scrimmage and pulling up and I'm not saying pull off Tebow S type jump passes, but there's going to the counterattack because the NFL is going to respond. Defenses over the next two or three weeks are going to respond. Must rushes, quarterback contained plays. Uh, I think he's going to see a hell of a lot of zone. Uh, I know Dan Campbell talked about man, zone, spy, mix it all up. No, they're going to say, hey, we're going to kick the ball deep because y'all return game ain't shit, and you're going to have to march down the field 75 yards to score touchdowns on us. And that's where the interception, see, like the, the, the answer to the next part of the test is happening. And I think that's what we're going to see. I think the next couple of weeks, I wouldn't be surprised if the next couple of weeks we see some, some high interception numbers. And it's not because he's getting worse. Is because the NFL is responding to the fact that this dude is a viable threat out of the backfield, and not just a viable threat. He is scoring out of the back. He is scoring touchdowns on the ground. Defenses ain't trying to give up touchdowns. 
no matter if they're passing or rushing, <laughs> and no matter who's doing them. So these defensive coordinators, Aaron Glenn, you know, Dan Campbell talks about them like they know what they got coming up, and they know how they're going to defend them. This is going to be the game against a porous defense who really, you know, one, I think, I think we're going to have to worry about Aiden Hutchinson as Bears fans, because I think he's getting closer and closer to, to breaking through to being that, you know, that Nick, not Nick Bosa, because I don't think he's that level of talent, but that kind of constant pressure, constant setting of the edge, constant working defensive end that we've seen in this this division for decades, right? That we've seen hundreds of these dudes who were like, oh, you end up at the end of the year, he's got 10 and a half, 11 sacks, plays a, a mean edge, gets voted to a couple of Pro Bowls. I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to have that kind of career. I think he's getting ready, now that you're in the midseason portion of his rookie year, I think he's getting ready to flip that switch. He's going up against a couple of guys at tackle who can be got, right? So I think what you're going to see is Justin Fields forced to stay in the pocket and now have to win games from the pocket. This is the, this is the counterpunch. So Seeing that and understanding what this this may line up to be, and especially with the expectations, we're going to see how they deal with success. But I don't want him to move around like some chump. I don't want him to, and I don't think he will, but I don't want, I don't want, no, no, I don't need him to be humbled at all. I need him to feel like the man, go out there and play like the man. The process that got you to play the way you played the last three weeks, at least. Yeah, man. I mean, I got to give a shout out to that coaching staff, man. There's too many coaching staffs in the NFL that operate. This is what I know. This is what I learned. If you can't fit what I want to learn, what I learned and what I have, then we're going to move on to the next guy. For them to say, all right, we're going to do what's best for Justin and be able to flip that switch and allow Justin to be Justin Fields. Now that we get the last month of games is Justin being Justin. And that's like step one of being an NFL quarterback. Right. Getting that confidence of, can I play at this level? And you got to think that he had those thoughts early in his career, laid with Matt Nagy, and then, you know, the beginning part of this season where he wasn't looking like an NFL quarterback. And you can tell it was weighing on him. Like, man, like I was the number one player throughout my whole life, and now I get to this level, and it's not looking like what I expected it to look like. And now they switched it up. They have him doing a little bit more running. They have him actually being a ball player out there. And now he's operating with that confidence, like you mentioned, Jason, of, Oh yeah, I can I can play at this level. And then yeah. from that using that confidence, yes, the NFL is going to adjust. They're probably going to go to zone like you like you mentioned and say, "Hey, you're going to have to pick us apart now. We're not going to go man because you're just going to run past everybody." That's fine. We know the NFL is going to do that, but now he has the confidence to say, "I learned how to be a professional NFL player. Now I'm going to learn how to beat your zone too." Now, I'm looking forward to it. And you got Chase Claypool with another week, well, actually a week of practice under his belt. Um, I want to see how he performs. You know, would love to see them try at least one, maybe two jump balls a half. And I'm not talking about 40, 50 yard bombs, but I want, I want the defense to be stretched a little bit. This is why you bring a guy like that in. He's got enough speed and he's a big enough body. Can he go up in high point of football? I want, Chase Claypool to have his first date face on for the next eight games, right? This is this is him proving to not only the Bears, but also to the Pittsburgh Steelers who are grooming a quarterback like we talked about last week. They need as many wide receivers as you think they, they should have, and they let one go for a second-round pick. It's time for him to prove this is what you brought me here for. 
So I, I know he's had a cram session the last week and a half, and it's been tough. But you know, you're going up against a, a secondary and a defense that is porous at best. So I, I want this offense to still perform. Uh, do I think they're going to be in the 30s? Uh, I mean, what, four straight games, 29-plus points? It's a lot. I, that's, that's asking a lot of a team, or especially a unit that we talked about in the beginning of the season being the worst in the NFL. So do I think they'll be in the high 20s? Hopefully, with this defense that they're playing against. But I just need to see the steps, the incremental steps. And, you know, Cole Komet. We talk about guys being on the scouting report. Cole Komet, the last couple of weeks, you are on the scouting report. How do you respond to having this much spotlight put on you? Three touchdowns last couple of weeks. They're running jet sweeps with the man. They're running screens with the man. They're trying to put the football in his hand as if he were a dynamic player as much as they possibly can. What is Cole Komet going to provide this week? And also, 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 how does the defense react after the shock of Roquan Smith and, and Robert Quinn. Like, last week was the end of the shock game. I'm, I'm sorry, the end of the shock for me, right? Like, all right, you're, you're, you're spiritual leader, you're physical leader, you're, you're emotional leader, you're best player, all those things, those guys are gone. What you got? Because if you look at that front seven, all this talk that I have put on this pod and that we have had about the Bears and, and you know, tackle and wide receiver, and a lot of things being addressed maybe with free agency money or draft picks. You look at that front seven, you tell me who's when two years from now, when I hope this team is the Philadelphia Eagles that we're watching right now, two years from now, how many guys on this front seven do you think will be on this team? Because I, you know, Nicholas Morrow had a good game last week, but he hadn't made as many plays as I think they thought he would make as a free agent acquisition. I mean, Justin Jones makes a play here or there, but three technique, you have to have, right? So going into next offseason with $85 million in salary cap space and all those draft picks, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Ryan Poles go out there and draft defense. Or I wouldn't be surprised if you see Ryan Poles go out there and allocate his money to defense. Because Kyler Gordon right now, is he the nickel of the future? That's what these last eight, nine games are for. You know, is <laughs> who, who, are your, who are your defensive ends in a 4-3 defense where you're not going to be blitzing a lot? So you have to get four-man pressure. Who are those guys? We've seen this defense work here in this city before. But Tommy Harris was the dude at the three technique. When Tommy Harris got hurt, Lovey Smith's defense was forever changed. When Tommy Harris was at the end of his run, when he was jumping off sides and you know, the hamstring, like one of the worst hamstring injuries the organization's probably ever seen, hamstring ripped off of the bone. This man, Tommy Harris, was a whirling dervish before he got hurt. And, and coming out of Oklahoma, there were injury concerns. And if not, he would have been a top five, top six, top seven pick. So that's how important this three technique is. Think of guys like John Randall. Think of guys like Warren Sapp. They went out and tried to get Larry Ogunjobi because they understand what this defense needs. If you're not going to send people, if you're not going to turn up the heat in passing situations, and you're only going to send four and cover, then you've got to have four that can win one-on-ones and at least one guy who can win double teams. They don't have that on this team. So I want to know what this defense is this second half or so of this season. The shock and awe of, Ro- of Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith being gone has to be over. If you got there getting beat because you're getting out talented, cool. But this whole run, not running to the ball shit, your you, you, your assignments being blown because there's young players out there. We talked about coaching in this segment. Allen Williams, 
Matt Eberflus, hey, ball's in your court. I know you may not have the raw materials that you need, but we'll be able to tell as Bears fans. We'll, we'll, we'll know when, okay, you just ain't got the guys out there. As opposed to, oh, there's two guys in the gap again. There goes, a, there goes Jeff Wilson sprinting down the field in a manner that he did not for the San Francisco 49ers, right? Like, there are moments when they're a bust, like, oh, okay, that's Tyreek Hill. <laughs> All right, that's Jalen Waddle. And then there's moments where, wait a minute, why is Tyreek Hill uncovered, right? Like, why is Jalen Waddle running through the secondary? He, he wasn't a point of emphasis. So those are the differences between not having the guys out there and guys not executing. And I think that, that has to come to an end this week against this Detroit Lions team and, and my cousin Jared Goff. He's going to get the ball out of his hands, y'all. You, you're not, you're not, Jared, one thing Jared Goff ain't going to do, and, and this is, you know, I think it's a Goff trait. We're not going to put our body in too much harm. We're not going to put our body in too much harm's way. He's going to get rid of that football. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to get his nine, ten targets. Are you tackling? Are you, are you sound defensively? If you're getting outplayed because you don't have the talent, I'm fine with it. But all in all, I think the Bears win this game against the Lions. I think it's a closer game than people expect. I think this offense is going to hit a couple of snags because we're going to see the counterpunch from an NFL defense. Even though it's not a good one, I think we're going to see a lot of zone. And if Justin Fields gets out of this game with one or less interception, you consider it a victory, right? If he, if he throws two, if he throws three, you consider it a, a teaching moment. But all in all, you keep the development going. And more importantly than anything for me is you allow that young man to feel whatever the hell he's feeling because he's been feeling it for the last three weeks. I don't want it to tamp down now because the expectations have risen and we feel now that there's a quarterback roaming the city of Chicago. No, 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 no. Get used to this kind of heat. Get used to this kind of spotlight. Get used to this kind of pressure because if you're good enough, all this is going to be familiar territory for the next decade plus. The full goal with Jason Goff. That's all the time we have for episode 173 of the Full Goal Podcast. Want to thank our guest, Cam Smith from Stadium and Bally Sports. You can watch his show inside the association, as he mentioned. He's got Sham Sharani. He's got Pat Garrity. They got all the exclusive interviews. You heard him stun on me on the podcast already. Make sure you're checking out my man, Cam Smith. He's good people. Uh, I root for that dude on every level. So, Appreciate him and the Bulls conversation that we had. And I appreciate my production staff, my guys. Didn't get a chance to see him on Tuesday because it was my birthday. And, you know, the, the the big boss man let me off and said, hey, you ain't got to go out there and and and, and work the, you know, the, the chain gang anymore. You can, you can go hang out with your family for one night. And I said, cool, I did that. But it's always good to see my guys. Uh, didn't get a chance to see him because he is out being a proud papa and doing a great job, I'm sure, taking care of the family. He is the shadowy figure that is known as Papa Steve Cerruti and, of course, the active Jesse Lopez, my main man, Tony Gill. For the fellas, I'm Jason Goff thanking you for downloading this thing, thanking you for subscribing to it, making sure that you are rating and reviewing us because we appreciate when you do that. Thank you for sharing it with your family and friends. Anything that you do for this pod, we are truly appreciative of it. We will catch you Sunday evening. Right, Sunday evening after the Bears take on the Lions. You got the Bulls taking on the Denver Nuggets. It's going to be a jam-packed sports evening, so looking forward to hollering at y'all on Sunday. But until then, as always, be safe. Take care of each other. Hey, remember to be safe as well. Thank you for listening to my daddy.
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 